Hello and welcome to the Browns Blitz. Today is Tuesday, November the 8th. This is episode number 172. I'm your host, Rod Bloom. Joining me today is my brother, Jeff. Hey, Jeff, how are things going? Going good, Rod. Nothing can kill the high from last Monday night. That's right. You know, I mean, uh, it, it, I, I was kind of thinking today that this has seemed like a long buy, but man, it's been a it's been an excellent buy for the bye week <laughs> yeah, coming off sure. that one. It's been a lot of fun. Um, yep. So we're getting, we'll get, we talked a lot about the Bengals game last week. We're going to get into some other stuff tonight. And uh, uh, joining us tonight is our friend Stacy Witter. You can follow Stacy at at. We're going to just say it's at the Wit, but it's at the WTT. Hey, Stacy, how are things going? Doing great, fellas. It's uh, it's good to be with you guys. I think it's been about a year. Uh, and, oh my uh, gosh. It's I know it is un- unbelievable as as the three of us know it goes very fast <laughs> at our age. It does it goes really fast? But man, it's great to be back. I'm always uh, following you guys and uh, uh, of course the Browns and uh, anyway, it's great to be back. Thank you so much. Well, it, it's good to have you, and we're uh, we're going to talk a lot of Browns tonight. But before we do that, let's um, let's talk about some beverages that we're either drinking or we just want to talk about and Stacy, you're the guest. I'm going to, I'm going to let you go first. So, uh, my wife, Jill and I were kind of you know, casual experienced, casual vodka tonic drinkers. Uh, so we, you know, we go out for dinner or whatever. We're going to have a regular vodka tonic. Well, just in our own, uh, lab, if you will, <laughs> we have, kind of sweeten the pot a bit and uh we have a jill and stacy vodka tonic uh and that is uh vodka tonic with a little dash of seven up a uh, little squirt of lime and a little squirt of lemon and uh i gotta tell you it's tasting really good so uh we prefer those when we're out on the town we'll have our regular vodka tonic but when we're at home we're gonna have the jill and stacy vodka tonic and it is delicious uh our vodka happens to be sky vodka but it doesn't matter which one you prefer it i'm telling you it is delicious so just add a little bit of flavor in there, huh? And it's just yeah, uh, absolutely just just it doesn't see we're to. all we're all diet now, so you know in our age, so uh, uh, we go with the diet Seven Up and the diet tonic, and <laughs> but you add a little real lemon and a real lime, and uh, it's 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 beautiful, man. Just just flavors it up. That sounds it goes down. good. Yeah, you have to try it, man. I'm telling you. Yeah, I, you know, I, I'm a beer drinker. I don't drink mixed drinks very often or, you know, or liquor very often. But, um, you know, when I do, it's usually something like a vodka and tonic, something that's not very, very strong. Um, well, I'm you know, always so. trying to keep up with what you guys are drinking on the podcast or whatever. Because uh, <laughs> now, Jill, now I'm a beer drinker, but I'm a just, you know, made in Oklahoma kind of beer drinker, okay? <laughs> now, I'll drink an IPA or whatever and not necessarily like it all the time, but now my wife, Jill, 13 years in the Air Force, was in Germany and in England for quite some time, and uh, so she's the real beer drinker in the family when it comes to the heavy and dark and try it. <laughs> 
let her do the trying, and usually she brings me good ones, but she is down with the beer drinking. So next time I'm in Cleveland, we'll all have to have a beer, and I guarantee you'll be impressed with her knowledge and ability when it comes to beer drinking. I remember you saying this on, on the last time yeah. you were on. Yeah, yeah. That's right. I tell you what, next time we do it, next time, next time I do a podcast, um, what what I call a beer podcast, maybe we'll have your wife come on and talk. That is a great idea. First of all, she's a way better person than I am. Uh, <laughs> not just beautiful, but very smart. Uh, been she's a big dog with the FAA and uh anyway Jill's just a delight so you'll love that and and uh, I would highly recommend it well that, that's cool excellent so guys I I am drinking I'm drinking something called the Great Lakes 73 Kolsch the Joe Thomas beer, mm-hmm. I would just call this so and th- this is kind of funny because I had never seen this available down in the Dayton area and uh, went into uh, Trader Joe's. I've had this for a couple weeks, and this is the first one I've opened. I've been waiting to drink this on the show. So I, I go into Trader Joe's, which is a grocery store down here. I don't know if they have them. I don't know how widespread these things are. I think they might have them up in Cleveland. But um, yeah, we over here. Yeah, you have them there too. Okay, so everybody knows Trader Joe's. So so I walk in, and you know they have. They have an area where they've got like individual cans for sale of beer, and I and and as I'm walking over toward the individual cans, I see I see Joe Thomas's face, and I'm like, "You're kidding me!" They've got it, and I walk over there, and there are eight cans of the Joe Thomas beer there, um, the Kolsch, and I'm like, and I'm debating, do I do I do I buy all eight of them, or do I just you know fill up a six and take it? And I decide, well, I'll just I'll just take a six of it. Because I'm thinking, you know, maybe I should buy all of this since since I haven't seen it in Dayton before. And I and we go up to checkout, and I've got this this build your own six with six Joe Thomas beers in it. And and the guy says, "Are these all the same?" And he goes, and and, and I go, "Yeah." And he goes, "Here, I'll save you some trouble." He reaches over, and here on the other side of the aisle, they had a whole stack of six packs of this that I never saw. And there I'm thinking I should have bought all of this that they had and they had they had probably 20 or 36s of it. <laughs> truckload. By, by the truckload. Yeah, by the truckload. But I got to tell you guys this this is good. Um and, and it, I I'm a beer drinker, you know, I, I like a lot of different kinds of beer. I can't say that I've had a lot of Kolsch's. Um this is just a good beer. Um, it just tastes like a good beer. So if, if you if you haven't had this um, and you see it, buy it. You'll enjoy it. And because you know some some beers are like uh, are, are label purchases. Just by the way, they look and everything. Well, you're not going to get that with this Great Lakes <laughs> uh, Kolsch. Um, it's an excellent beer. So um, I think everybody would probably agree with that because. I would think probably everybody in Cleveland has tried this already. I just haven't because it hasn't been available in my area, but, but it's really good. So, um, that's what nice. I'm going with. Yeah. Um, awesome. Yeah. And it's like a 20, 20 ounce can and it's getting close to being gone already. So. 
I doubt that we can get that down here. I assume it's a specialty, uh, you know, local market specialty, but uh, sounds nice, and it certainly sounds like something Jill would like, if not me, so sure. I, I'm thinking, I mean, Joe tweeted out that there were no calories in it, so I know I'm safe on my diet. Oh, too, yeah. So, down. so, yeah. Um, yeah, it, it's good, and and for how long it took to make its way from Cleveland down to Dayton, I doubt if you're going to see it down in down in your area anytime soon, unfortunately. Right, 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 right. Yeah. So, uh, same beer, different label, but that's the way it goes locally, you know. Yeah, probably. Yeah, that <laughs> yeah. could be. Yeah. So, uh, so Browns, uh, Browns on on the bye um, th- this week. They they have a game coming up with the with the Dolphins on sunday and you know just looking at schedule they they play at one o'clock on sunday almost almost every game the rest of the season i think they have a saturday game like uh um it's around christmas maybe or um or maybe they play i I can't remember exactly but i think they have one saturday game i think every game the rest of the year is on they may have one game that flexes but other than that it's sunday at one o'clock from here on out guys Mm -hmm. i believe um, it's kind of mm-hmm. kind of unusual. So, um, so they they play in Miami. Um, Browns, of course, coming off the big one against the Bengals. They're you know uh, raised the record to three and five. I wish it was better, but three and five. You know, feel like you still got a shot. And they're playing the Dolphins, who are who are six and three. And the, the Dolphins um, won three games, and they lost three games. Now they've won three in a row again. So. Um, you kind of wonder if maybe they're ready to start losing three again. Hopefully, maybe that's the pattern they're on. <laughs> um, we can hope, right? <laughs> um, a lot of stuff to talk about with the Dolphins. So, um, right, right, yeah, no doubt. And I don't know about you guys, and pardon my interruption here, but one thing that I was kind of pointing to in our uh, the thoughts of our conversation is, you know. Obviously, the Browns' defense is uh, helter-skelter. It has to drive us all crazy. But really what it comes down to is that they are 30th in the league in in rushing. Uh, Right, the Dolphins? No, in rush defense, the Browns are. Oh, in rush defense, okay. Yeah, but they're number one in pass defense. Now, let me tell you where this fits in. Go back and watch the last three games with Tua throwing the ball. Tua can play. There's no doubt about it. I'm not putting him down. But he has taken some risks, and he has been fortunate. I mean, very fortunate. He's had uh, not last game, but the game before, and the opponent escapes me. Uh, But three dropped interceptions that would have changed that game dramatically. Uh, uh, it would have great game, probably. You're talking about. Yeah, they would have lost that game clearly if two out of those three. And when I say dropped interceptions, I'm not talking about the tip balls and things that just went. They were close or interceptions. I mean, like, oh, right here in the bread to your pads, bounces off your pads. One of them hits a guy in the face mask. Uh, just dead to right interceptions that were dropped that would have changed that game dramatically. My point is, now we all know this quarterbacks that are on a roll, you kind of make your own luck and things kind of go your way, but it also ends. And, and my point would be 
the Browns got a chance here to go in there and pull the upset because of the number one pass defense in the league. Uh, yeah. Two won't get away with those direct dead to right interceptions against the Browns. He will not get away with that. So if he right. does that, he's careless with the ball. This game could tip the way the Bengals game did last week and really get out of hand. I believe that I'm convinced of that. Uh, so anyway, I just wanted to throw that out there. They are number one in pass defense. They're number 30, the Achilles heel in uh, rush defense, which is uh, unbelievable to me, but uh, that's the key right here is intercept Tua. But you, what you're saying is that the Browns um, DBs have better hands than uh, than the Lions DBs have. I think that is the case. <laughs> the Browns. Well, we sure hope so. We sure hope so. I mean, and and yeah, yeah I mean, Tua, Tua has been impressive. We, we'll get into his numbers, um, but. Um, let me give you a couple more stats here, and then I want to get your thoughts, Jeff, on, on just what you see, you know, just some main points you see in this game um, before we talk about, um, you know, some other stats and so forth. Um, Browns Browns three and five are one and two on the road. Um, Dolphins six and three are two and three at home. Um, the Browns have scored 200 points and given up 199. Uh, Dolphins have scored at 196 and have given up 176. So um, take those numbers for, for what they're worth. Um, and and Jeff, let, let's get some of your thoughts on what you see going into this game against the Dolphins. Statistically, these are two very closely matched teams in terms of points per game, yards per game, um, all, all the way down. Um, two very evenly matched teams. Um you know, I think when you look at the Dolphins' schedule, the last couple of games, um, they scored a lot of points. But prior to that, they were averaging about 16 points a game for the previous four games. Now, I don't remember what games to have missed. Um, but they've they've had some close yeah. games that they've come out on the right side of. And That's we've right. had some close games that we've come out on the wrong side of. So, you know, based on the fact that they've they've played – Three teams in the last three weeks whose combined record was, uh, what, uh, seven and 18. Um, and they were all close games. Um, mm-hmm. I think we've got a pretty good chance. But yeah. I, I agree with Stacey 100%. I mean, it's, it's going to boil down to, you know, do we see the same defensive effort that we've seen, you know, the second half against the Ravens and last week against the Bengals? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and I don't I did not look at which games Tua missed. Um, I know he's missed some time, uh, but but yeah. you're absolutely right, Jeff. Uh, um, of course, everybody has to keep in mind the um, the Dolphins haven't had their bye week yet. Their bye week is next week, so so you like to think maybe they're a little a little more banged up um, than the Browns. The Browns are a little more, you know. Uh, you know, have had a chance hopefully to get well with the bye week. Maybe that works a little bit in their favor. Um, yeah. But uh, but the, the Dolphins have uh, four games this season where they scored less than less than 20 points. Um, they they also have three games where they've allowed less than 20. And, mm-hmm. But they have three games where they've allowed more than 30. Okay. Um, the Browns, the Browns have only scored less than 20 points one time this whole season. 
and um, they they've uh, allowed less less than 20 only twice and um, more than 33 times. So um, I don't know what all that means, but uh, you know it's very interesting, especially the part about the Dolphins, you know, only scoring you know scoring less than 20 points four times. But that was really um, that was what four that was four weeks in a uh, but, but not four that weeks was in a row. pretty much it was four 22. weeks in a row. Yeah, uh, I think that had a lot to do with Tua being gone. Pardon again, pardon my interruption, yeah. but I think there are some secrets in those numbers. Um, I think if you dive deep, you see, uh, for instance, the, the Browns' run game defense is is oddly atrocious at times. Uh, uh, it just just drives you crazy. Uh, but that has nothing. It's always solid. So when you combine the past defense with the past rush. The strong point of the Dolphins is not running the ball. The strong point of the Dolphins is getting the ball to these speed receivers. So it's going to come down to that number one pass defense against these speed receivers. And more than anything, and I think the secret weapon here is the pass rush. Now, some of those numbers that you mentioned there, I think, are clearly a part of Tua being gone and, you know, for Mm -hmm. those three games or whatever. However, when you look at them as a whole, let's say they're a, they're basically a 25 point team is what they are. Uh, They're going to hit the bomb. They're going to hit a little flare where one of these fast guys just takes off and goes, they're going to get their 21 to 26 points somehow. What the Browns, formula is here and i think if we go back and break down the season to this point past events and the plays they make in past defense and i combine the two things meaning backs and the pass rush combined with run the damn ball i mean it's that clear you've got a beast behind you and then you've got a beast part b backing him up uh, if they run the ball right at Miami uh, and then pop one here and there, uh, I think what we're going to see is the formula for beating Miami, which is keep those fast guys under control, pass rush and get to two occasionally, and then just pound them with the run game. Uh, and I think that's the formula. And I think if you kind of go back and break down all those numbers, they were kind of all over the place. I think what you would find on a game by game basis is that is the key here, you know. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I agree with you. And uh, you know, you're talking about their running game. Um, Raheem Mostert's their, their uh, leading rusher this season. He's got 478 yards. Um, you know, and, and um, I can't remember who, who their second leading rusher is, but their second leading rusher is like a hundred and some yards. So um, they they don't run the football as much. Yeah, they they don't want to. Yeah, they don't they don't. Uh, you know, it's not their goal. Um, so so yeah, I don't uh, I don't see them really trying to exploit the Browns' weakness because I think um, yeah, I mean the Browns. Uh, 
The Browns have looked better against the run the past couple of weeks. We like to think that they've figured a little something out there, and you know, and I think it's going to come down to down to the Browns, like you said, trying to slow down the, those speedsters. And I don't know if you guys looked at these numbers or not, but uh, the numbers these guys are putting up is pretty darn scary. So, um, so you know, we can we can think that the that the Bengals receivers were were a, a tall task to slow down, but um, Tua has thrown for almost 2,000 yards, and he's missed, what, three games? Um, mm-hmm. he's, he's at 1,980 yards. He's thrown 15 touchdowns, three picks. His, his QBR for the season is 115.9. Um, Tyreek's already got 1,100 yards receiving. Mm-hmm. And, and, the, and their, number, <laughs> their number two guy, Jalen Waddell, has 812 yards. And he's missed two games. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, w- I was projecting for uh, for Amari Cooper, you know, what he was going to have for the season, and and he's got 500 some yards receiving. He's leading the Browns, and I'm thinking this is a great number. And I start looking at these guys, I'm like, this is insanity what these guys are doing. Yeah, I mean, I hate to say it, but I mean, he would be an awesome red on the Dolphins. Really, it's about that speed game. It's about what they do. They just get them in space. They mm-hmm. don't necessarily challenge you down the field all the time with the speed, although they will. Really, they get them in space, and then what can you do about it? You know. Yeah. Yeah. So, so Jeff, how how do you see the Browns? Um, how do you see the Browns dealing with these two guys? Because the Browns have the Browns have always played the Bengals well, and I mean that's the closest matchup I can think about is the Browns DBs, you know, on the Bengals receivers who have speed, but right. I don't think they have the speed these guys have. When yeah. you put two fast guys out there, and their quarterbacks more mobile too. Yeah. Than um, I like the fact that it sounds like Denzel Ward's going to be back healthy. Um. We just need Denzel to play like Denzel can play. Um, and hopefully he can slow that down a little bit. Um, I think he matches up pretty well with Tyreek Hill. Um, so, yeah, it, it's really going to come down to the Browns' defense is probably going to play a lot of zone. And the fans are going to go crazy over, over it because we're going to give up a lot of yards. But we just need to keep them out of the end zone. Yeah, Jeff, I could not agree more. Uh, I could not agree more. Zone, and a trap zone, if you will, is the way to play these guys with that kind of speed. You've got to have protection over the top. So you might be man-to-man with a cover over the top. You know what I mean? But you just can't let 13 yards turn into 60 yards. Yeah. Right. Jeff nailed it right there. I mean, he's right. And I think, you know, you said something about our pass rush, Stacey. I mean, you know, we've we've ramped it up in the last few weeks and, and brought pressure from different places. And, you know, against these dual threat quarterbacks, I think we we seem to have the formula, you know, where we, we know how to contain these guys um, mm-hmm. and send pressure from different places. So um, I, I like the matchup. I mean, I, I, I still feel pretty good about our ability to slow these guys down. Yeah. I think there's value in this matchup, fellas. Uh, and by that, I mean, 
not saying I'm a betting man, but here's what people aren't going to see. They're not going to see the difference, the dichotomy of what we're facing here. In other words, Browns, maybe they've improved their run defense, although I'm really not convinced, okay, that they have, uh, because every time I think maybe they have, you know, it goes away. But uh, between the ends, the Browns have been pretty weak, okay? However, containment with those defensive ends they got, has not been the problem. So uh-huh. right. uh, he's going to have a hard time. He's not the most mobile guy in the world. He's going to have a really hard time getting out of that pocket if he needs to. Uh, and they do not run the ball that well. I think that feeds right into what the Browns do well. And if the Browns can play some sort of cover here and then what – is going to be problematic for the Dolphins. I think running right at them is problematic for the Dolphins, you know, and what do the Browns do best? They run right at you. They're going to run right yeah. at you. It's not going to be overly successful early, but they just, it's like pounding a watermelon and eventually your fist goes through the watermelon, you know, uh, <laughs> that's what, do, you know, uh, so anyway, I, I I think I think there's some real value in the Browns. I think it is a great matchup for the Browns. Mm-hmm. Good test. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I I can definitely see what you guys uh, what you guys are saying as far as um, you know how the Browns defense is going to need to play against the Dolphins and probably going to give up yards. Probably going to give up points. Um, <laughs> Right. Like we've talked about so many times, this you know this this is the NFL, and you're not going to shut teams out completely. Um, you know the, the Dolphins have have scored in in, in every game, and they're going to score in this one. So um, the Browns need to not not uh, uh, freak out. You know, lose it if Tyreek Hill breaks one. Um, you know, um, Dolphins are not going to win this game ten to nothing. I think the Browns have a chance to score quite a few points in this game. So, and and we're nowhere near giving our projections here, guys. But so I don't want to tip my hand too much here. But, um, <laughs> but anyways, I, you know, I think uh, I think the key is like you guys are saying, and that's and that's keeping them out of the end zone. Um, you know, and I and I just happened to notice on field goals they're eleven for fifteen. So I I obviously I don't know the kicks that were missed. You know I don't know if they were really long or not. But maybe maybe their kicking game's not the greatest too. Um, so uh, so that that's someplace maybe the Browns can uh, maybe have an advantage. Um, I would like to think, um, mm-hmm. but but we'll see. You know. Um, Third, third down, the uh, Dolphins are at about 40%. Um, fourth down, they're only 5 for 12, which is probably a measure of their running game, I would think. I agree. Um, um, so, you know, I think that plays well. Uh, Browns, Browns are still number one in the league in time of possession at, you know, 32 and a half minutes per game. And that I think that's going to continue into this game. I think the Browns will, you know... Um, Definitely have an advantage there. Um, Dolphins about at 29 and a half minutes. They're 22nd in the league. Um, Which is amazing for a team that prefers to pass. 
It, really it is. is. It is. You're right. You know what they do, guys? Uh, you got to go back a few years in, in college football. Uh, but back when the, you guys remember when the shuttle pass was a big deal in college football uh, and in the in the 2000 kind of era, every time you turned around, they were little bitty short passes of some sort. Well, that's what Miami's doing with their run game. They're hitting these little receivers that are, I mean, the cheetah. He's called cheetah for God's sake, you know. Uh, you hit him at the within three yards of the line of scrimmage either way, and now it's about can you make a play. Uh, that's part of their run game, in my opinion. That's why their ball control stays up in spite of the fact that they prefer to pass. They really don't like to run. You know, they don't have that game. So I think the little short pass is part of their run game. And I think, again, if our defensive backs uh, can can keep them in front of them, they're going to play some man-to-man press, I think, up front because of the short pass game, uh, trying to disrupt that with some contact at the line of scrimmage. But they're always going to have some sort of zone envelope. You know, I mean, if they're smart, I believe that's what they'll do, you know. Uh, and if you can control that, breakaway then again we're going to i believe we're going to maintain our 32 uh minute a game average because Mm -hmm. if we don't we're just crazy you know i mean you got the guy give him the best and then when that guy gets tired you got another guy that's a freaking beast you know uh give him the ball and then when you when you wore them out and then you can dink and dunk them and pop one over the top every once in a while, you know? That's right. That's right. right. So, so Jeff, let me get your, uh, get your thoughts on this. Cause, um, it was something I was thinking about. So I looked it up and, uh, penalties, uh, thus far in the season, uh, Browns 51 penalties, 413 yards, right in the middle of the pack. They're tied for 14th, like 14th through 18th. Okay, they're yeah. in the tie. Okay, so right in the middle of the pack. Uh, Dolphins, um, 58 penalties for uh, 454 yards. Um, right there, not, right not a lot more, but, you know, a little bit yeah. further down the line. So Yeah. Sort of, uh, sort of typical of um, developing young teams, right, that um, haven't kind of put it all together yet. Um, Get, get penalized at a higher clip. We've talked about it extensively. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, you know that 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 probably will will play a role in the, in the outcome of the game. It very well could. And uh, I just I had to look this up because it was killing me. And and I've I've wondered about this since we were at the game. Um, talking about. Uh, you know, obviously talking about Nick Chubb and and Kareem Hunt being ready, um, like Stacy's saying, um, the four carries that Dearness Johnson had against Cincinnati were his first four carries of the season. By the yeah. way. <laughs> so I thought that was the case, but I, I wasn't 100 percent sure. So um, wanted to uh, make sure that was accurate before I put that out there. So. Um, so we talked a little bit about uh, about. Uh, 
um, Ward coming back and being available for this game and how big that can be. Um, uh, Wyatt Teller's also trending toward toward being ready to play on Sunday. And, mm-hmm. you know, uh, nothing against uh, uh, Froholt, who's who obviously played well. But um, if you can get Wyatt Teller out there, um, he, he's a difference maker in the run, running game just by, you know, um, uh, not, not knocking his uh, pass protection skills, but in the run, running game when he just uh, bulldozes right. guys, it's kind of fun to watch. So um, yep. I feel like that can make a difference too. So, um, and then uh, I don't know, um, Ford and Winovich, I think have been practicing. I don't know if there's any word as to whether they're actually going to be activated or not. Um, last I heard, um, JOK and Njoku are not practicing. I, I guess we're still um, still a couple of days away from knowing whether whether those guys are going to be available or not. Um, mm-hmm. So so Jeff, let's let's get your thoughts on the on the linebackers. Um, if you head your way, if JOK is available, um, what what? How would you? Um, what do I want to say here? You think would you see JOK playing a big role in this game against the Dolphins, or would you see it more as um, the pairing that we saw in Cincinnati? I think with the the smaller, faster guys, JOK brings that speed element. I I really hope he's out on the field. Um, yeah. You know, not, not taking anything away from Sione Taki Taki. Like I said, he he had the game of his life last week and. Um, I think we're in those in those in those matchups where, you know, we want to put pressure in the middle and, you know, stop a big back. And I think he he matches up really well with those kind of teams. But I think against Miami, you want your speedy linebackers and and your your safeties giving you that extra layer of protection. Um, So, yeah, I I hope he's back. Yeah. Um, What do you think, Stacey? Yeah, no question. I mean, uh, I think it's a big key. Uh, now, not saying Taki Taki can't do it, but I agree wholeheartedly. Uh, this 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 is the perfect game for JOK. This is where his talents should 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 shine. Pardon me. Uh, his speed, his ability to react to the short pass. To be that, uh, that that extra man, if you will, in that umbrella, uh, mm-hmm. I think it's a big part of controlling this passing game. That's how you take the three-yarder that breaks and stop it at eight and then put them in third and two where you can go press coverage against some sort of quick pop pass uh, by having somebody that reacts quickly in that extra pass defense. Uh, that's his game. It's what he's great at. He's, uh, in my in my opinion, he's, uh, he's one of the best in the league already. That cat down in Dallas, I think he's right there with him. Uh, yeah. But he's that guy that can come up and, and, and stop those passes from breaking, hold them to four, five, six yards, put them in third down, uh, where now they they really need to run the ball. Uh, and, uh, I think it's a big key, man. If, if look, 
not having Njoku hurts. He's our third leading receiver, you know, and having a monster year. Uh, yeah. yeah. But but not having uh, JOK would really hurt. Uh, not from the standpoint that this we still aren't a great pass defense. Just he's the extra dude uh, that's got the speed and quickness to go react to those guys. I think it's, I think he nailed it. You're right on the money, man. Uh, we need him. It'd be a big deal if we got him. Yeah. Well, let's hope that happens because, uh, they've got a few days left. So, um, yeah. hopefully he'll uh, have time to, um, what get, is the and get out there. What is the latest up there? What are you guys hearing? Cause, uh, you know, uh, local coverage, you hearing anything, any rumors, uh, what's the latest on, uh, on his status besides the official stuff that's out there. Anybody hearing anything? I have not. I mean, it's really, it seems like it's up in the air right now. Yeah. 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 I didn't yeah. see anything about t- today at all. It was just yesterday that you, that Ian and Joku were on the, the bike yesterday. So I didn't yeah. see anything new. Um, nothing. Um, so, so yeah, we'll, we'll hope, uh, We'll hope that something maybe tomorrow or, or Thursday changes, and um, you know. I think we'll see he's. What it's it's rare, but I, I really believe this, fellas. Uh, I mean, not to not the gambling aspect, just the the points aspect. I think he's a seven point swing in this game, this defense against that passing game which again is almost a running game passing game at times. They just throw little quick passes out there to those guys. Can you react quick enough and, and stop them from getting 12 yards? You know, uh, I think he's a seven point difference. Uh, I think that's how big a deal it is. Now that doesn't mean they can't win without him. Uh, they've got other really talented guys. Uh, but I think he's a seven-point guy in this game. If he plays, I think he holds them down seven points from what they would get uh, in the in the game overall. It makes sense. Let's hope he's available to do that. <laughs> right. No. I, I and, and and hey, the other guys are playing well. Don't get me wrong. It's just he's so quick. He's just he's like a defensive back in a bigger body. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I. You know, I, I think um, I think even if he's available in plays, I think um, Taki Taki's still gonna. I think Taki Taki earned a role in that Bengals game, to where he's gonna get plenty of snaps, pretty much. Oh, there, out, I so. agree with that. I'm just saying, in certain situations, they're gonna bring him in specifically because they're gonna know what play's coming. It's gonna oh, be yeah. like a, it's gonna oh, be yeah. one of these three plays, and he's he's a. <laughs> I've been most impressed with him since day one. He's a well-studied guy. He right. he yes. smells plays out, and you can see it with that guy. He knows what's coming. He's already got it in his mind that it's one of two things. And before other guys are reacting, he's in the middle of it. You know, so he's just that guy when it comes to to really controlling, uh, especially that outside swing passing game or flat game or, you know, bubble screen or those kind of things. So anyway, be a big deal, man. I hope he's back. Yeah. Well, I, I don't mean this in any offensive way what, whatsoever, but when, when, uh, when JOK first arrived in Cleveland and he was there speaking and everything and I saw him, I thought, 
this looks like a grown ass man. He looks like he's in his thirties. I mean, he just looks like he's got wisdom and everything about him already. He just doesn't look like a kid at yeah. all. You know? Yeah. I mean, yeah. um, he just he just and he carries himself that way. So yeah, it's um, the idea that he's what twenty six, twenty seven years old right now. Mm, he's probably not that old yet, is he? Yeah. What is he? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's alarming. <laughs> I mean, he's probably like. 23, 24. Yeah, I mean, that's just incredible. It's uh, it's unbelievable. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you completely. Yeah. So I, I got to talk about this, guys. Um, I I was not I, – I did not make it up. Was this the uh, – was the, the Titans game, I think, was the Monday night game? And I was just tired, so I did not stay up for this. But they interviewed Derrick Henry at the end of it, and – and whoever was the, the whoever was interviewing him, I can't remember because I didn't watch it. Um, said, "So how's the how's the how's the best running back on the planet feeling?" And and Derrick Henry more or less said, "You know, well, you know, I don't know. It's Nick Chubb is the best running back on the planet." Right. <laughs> um, you yes. know, first of all, I have a I I I gained a ton of respect for Derrick Henry for. Having the hum, you know, the humility to, to say that, you know, yeah. whether he actually feels that or not, um, it, it's just a tremendous thing for a guy to say. Mm. So I just, I kind of wanted to get your thoughts on that. Go ahead, Jeff. <laughs> I mean, I don't think there's enough superlatives to talk about Nick Chubb. I mean, we we do it every week. Um, we do. He, yeah. he, he just continues to do his job and, and excel at it. Um, and you know, he, there's a reason he's leading the league in rushing and, and, you know, setting records. Um, yeah, I, I you know, I don't, if I'm Derek Henry, I, I probably don't want to give anybody any bulletin board material in that position. So I think no. he said the exact right thing. It's true. It's true. Well, uh, I, first of all, I couldn't agree more with anything uh, you guys said. I, I agree completely. Uh, one thing I think that Derrick Henry sees that, uh, you know, he's willing to admit the, the humility I agree with completely. Uh, that he's willing to admit, though, is that what Nick Chubb is doing is what he was able to do four years ago. You know, uh, uh, you know, you, you, this goes back to the, you know, some of the greatest of the last you know, 20 years or whatever. Um, there was a time when, I mean, if you're facing Adrian Peterson one week, even on a bad Vikings team, you're, you're thinking if we can keep him below 140, we can win this game. Well, or, that's or 200. Where, yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> but that's where you're at with Nick Chubb. It's right true. Now, yeah. Right now, you're at the point, if you're a defensive coordinator, which I was for a long time, uh, you got to design something not to stop Nick Chubb because you would be wasting your time. <laughs> right. Idea yeah. is that you control Nick Chubb and make them do something else, you know, uh, because if he starts off running for, you know, four and a half yards of carry in the first quarter, it's over. 
you got to try to keep him to three and a half yards a carry in the first quarter because you know that's going to grow as time goes on because they're going to bring him out and then they're going to punch you in the face with Hunt three or four times and then they're going to bring Chubb back in rested and he's going to maul you. Uh, He's in that groove that we see guys like Peterson get into. Uh, We could name a thousand of them, you know what I mean, Uh, through the years. But certainly – uh, listen, there's three or four great backs in the league right now. And I mean, it may, it might be three or four. Mm-hmm. Uh, honestly, if not for Nick Chubb, we might have another one behind him. If you were feeding Kareem Hunt 30 times a game, he might be the second leading rusher in the league. But because Nick Chubb is in that groove, he's that good. He's at the absolute prime of his uh, dedication, not just his career, of his dedication to his professionalism. Uh, Baker Mayfield was on the uh, TV here the other day, and somebody asked him, a local sports reporter asked something about uh, does he ever, you know, talk with people with the Browns? And he said, yeah, man, some of my closest friends are still over there. And in particular, Nick and I are, you know, we we text all the time. And I'm just so happy for him. And, and uh, he's just a great guy. And uh, like, and then Baker paused for a minute and said something like, literally one of the best people I've ever known. You know, well, that's what makes Nick. Chubb. He's at the prime of his professionalism. Uh, he's learned what it's like to be that dude, and he's dedicated at the all-time, you know, kind of guy level, uh, like Peterson was when he was unstoppable. Uh, and I think, you know, if there's three premier backs in the league, I think there's a pretty good distance between Nick Chubb and the second one. I think there's two levels. I think there's Nick Chubb, and then there's a group of really great running backs, but there's only one truly elite running back right now, and it's Nick Chubb. Uh, I think he's that much different than everybody else. Now, the Browns sometimes find a way to forget about him, uh, and that gets on my nerves because I think there's (laughs) even a couple of wins on the docket this year. Uh, if you just give that man the ball, you know, uh, but regardless, I, I, I think Derrick Henry is speaking truth. I think he just knows like everybody else knows, uh, that watches football, uh, uh that seriously. And, uh, he knows, I mean, he's, he's the best there is right now. Yeah. Nick, Nick Chubb's 26 years old. He'll be, uh, he'll be 27 in December. Yeah. Um, which, you know, they, they say, uh, 27 is your, 27 to 28 is your absolute peak as a male. Maybe that slid to 27 to 29 just because of age being different than it used to be uh, in training. Yeah. But he's just now. I mean, he's just in the he's in the groove. Uh, Absolutely, and he might be the next 2,000 yard back. I mean, I I think he could be. You know. He could be. He, I mean, he could do it. Um, I don't know whether 
you know, I don't know whether the Browns want to do that or whether whether they'd rather preserve his career and, you know, make him, you know, allow him to play longer the way he's playing. Um, you know, we'll see. But I just I, I just wonder because watching him, it's it just seems like he keeps getting better. And so I agree with you. I feel like he's at his peak now, but I just wonder if he's. Um, you know, it, and I don't want to like put pressure on him to think, oh, well, he might even be better next season. But because how much better can you get? But I'm, I, you know, I just, I just wonder where his ceiling is. Yeah, because I, I swear he, to God, he's better every season. I think he might be a year and a half or two years away from reaching the absolute pinnacle of where how good he's going to be, and then he may be one of those guys like Peterson that's got two or three years on top there, kind of level. You know, yeah. uh, he's that kind of guy. He, 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 it's amazing for a guy that runs between the tackles like Nick Chubb, how rarely he gets hit square. He has a habit smart, of dropping yeah. a shoulder of, you know, just a little bob here and there where he rarely, really gets hit square. Uh, you know, he's running between tackles. This is tough. But he ain't getting hit hard very often. He's just he's got a knack for it. And he's listed at two twenty seven. Do you believe he still weighs two twenty seven, Stacy? Wow. <laughs> Dude, I'd hate to see that preach come at me. I know that. <laughs> I bet know. he weighs more than two twenty seven now. Just, I think yeah. his legs probably weigh two twenty seven. I, I bet you he weighs. I bet you. I just. <laughs> I just believe what I heard one of the announcers say on, on football is that the and I I don't know, maybe I don't know which game it was on. It's one on one of the national games are like I stood next to him and there is no way he has to weigh at least two forty. He looks two thirty five to me, every bit of it. It's hard yeah. to tell when you don't see him out of pads, but he looks two thirty five to me. Yeah. But his legs, like you said, are they're Robert Newhouse legs. They're you know huge. What I mean? And he, pull back it, I, for the boys back in the day, yeah. uh, tree trunks for legs. That's Nick Chubb, man. I mean, it's 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 incredible. He uh, keeps adding muscle without losing his speed. Is the incredible? Yeah, player. yeah. He's he. Incredible. I think he's carrying two thirty five, two thirty eight, whatever he's carrying uh, in reality, and he's carrying it with that four five speed. Maybe yeah. not four. But he's four or five with a big, strong man. I mean, Lord have mercy. Uh, he's yeah, still, still takes three guys to bring him down. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, we we could talk about Nick all night. I think. Um, yeah, I mean, we, I, we generally devote about ten minutes of podcast to Nick Chubb, which is about what he's due. So, <laughs> <laughs> so guys, uh, believe it or not, in one week, Deshaun Watson will be will be at practice with the Browns. Um, he's still got a few weeks before he's going to play, but he'll, he'll be at practice. So um, I don't know if there's a whole lot to say about it other than he's going to be practicing and, and uh, you know, the, at some point the suspension is going to be over and he's going to be playing. So um, do you guys have any thoughts on that, uh, Jeff, with him coming back to practice within a, in a week? No, no. <laughs> I just okay. think we shouldn't look that far ahead. Let's let's focus on this week, and um, you know when 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 the time comes to 
see the offense evolve, um, then I think we'll have more questions, you know, about what direction things go in. But um, for right now, I want to see Jacoby continue to do really well and Mm -hmm. not be distracted by anything else. Yeah, I mean, I I presume Jacoby's going to get all the first-team snaps for, you know, um, as long as uh, as long as he's a starter, so I wouldn't think this would be a big deal for a while. Yep. Well, and my my opinion is that uh, uh, you know here's the deal: you can bring in uh, whoever. I don't. It doesn't make any difference. I'm not. I haven't been a fan of the. I would have loved for it to just be. Hey, we've you know. I would have loved for, you know, okay, Baker gets his payoff year, uh, you know, took us to playoffs, beat the Steelers, got hurt, shouldn't have played, got the hell beat out of him. He's growing up, all this, whatever, and you get your payoff year. That's great, okay, but it didn't happen. Then you bring in Jacoby Brissett, I would have been like, hey, this is a good dude. He fits in. He fits in because he fits what the Browns want to do which is mm-hmm. the damn ball and pop one here and there. What I don't want to see from, uh, I'm not talking about off the field. <laughs> what I don't want to see from Deshaun Watson is listen, don't take, you know, if don't take five rushes a game from Kareem Hunt, uh, at crucial times, you know what I mean? Don't try to, uh, you know, become that guy for the Browns because the Browns are built different. Uh, if, if he were smart, he would be, uh, you know, a, a better Jacoby Brissett, if you will, uh, with the ability to take off and run when things break down, you know, uh, and if, that's the case, then I think, you know, the Browns will be well-served if he comes in and it, it changes our style then I think we're, you know, we may find ourselves going, okay, who are we? What, what are we about now? You know, who, what kind of team are we? Because in the NFL, more than any other league, uh, you got to have an identity. You have to know who you are, what you're about. And, uh, you know, the, the Ravens are a good example. We know what they're about. They're about one person and one person only primarily uh, mm-hmm. on offense. Uh, that's who they are. Yeah. Uh, if you gave them uh, uh, Kareem Hunt at running back, he doesn't necessarily fit there because you need to feed Kareem Hunt 30 times a game for him to be effective, you know. So they don't even want or need a 30-time-a-game running back uh, at the Ravens because they just lean on what he can do. Well, the Browns are different. We're built. I mean, they. I mean, if you got Kareem Hunt and uh, backing up, Chubb, for God's sakes, you're built one way, which is we're going to, which is a good formula, by the way, traditionally in the NFL, be able to throw the ball, but pound the hell out of people. Uh, this is a good formula long term for uh, for success in the NFL. So, anyway, uh, I, looking forward, I agree with. Uh, the sentiment exactly. I don't even want to look forward, but I don't want to see him come in there and change who we are because our style is our style and that's what works. 
Yeah, I mean, and I'll defer to Jeff on this um, here in a second, but I, I think there are going to be some changes with Sean Watson just because he's a different quarterback. But but I agree with you. The Browns, the Browns are still going to be, uh, you know, a running team with Deshaun Watson just because it's the strength of the team. But I think it's it's definitely going to change the passing game. And I think you're going to see more, you know, RPO stuff. But, yeah, uh, I, I think Deshaun Watson needs to be smart and to know what is at his disposal and, and know that he doesn't have to be the guy here because there are other talented players. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. I think we're what top top five in offensive efficiency right now. Um, you know that that's that's our identity on offense that you were talking about, Stacy. You know we, we need to stay true to that. Um, and I think when Deshaun Watson comes in, it just shifts where that efficiency happens a little bit. You know, in in terms of our our passing game probably gets a little bit more aggressive. Um, you know, we we. We we want to do more quick scoring, uh, or, or at least have the ability to hit the home run from time to time with Deshaun Watson. So we're gonna we have to shift our our focus a little bit. But it's I term it as an evolution of what we're already doing, which is you know a high degree of efficiency on offense and and you know protect the ball and and I agree run run the heck out of it whenever possible. Uh, you know, pass enough to keep the defense honest, but, but to be able to hit the home run, which is something we can't do right now. Yeah, and just yeah. Don't, don't try to become what the Ravens are, because I personally I believe that's a limited ceiling. Uh, agree, I agree. You yeah. know, I just I just think when you get to the playoffs, uh, they can scheme around that. Uh, I think we've seen that with Watson where he was in the past. Uh, that can be schemed around. You can't be just a uh, flash and dash quarterback, not in the playoffs, man. You can get by with that all year long and put up all kinds of numbers. Uh, but come playoff time, it don't work. It just don't. They can scheme around, you know, and they're so good and so intent and, uh, intense. And uh, the, the people you're playing, uh, great coaches can scheme around that. He just needs to be another weapon in the arsenal and, right. and just right. to use his abilities to, to right. go with the other guys that are already on the team. That, that's yeah. exactly right. And if he does that, then he'll have tremendous success. Yeah, I, I agree. So, so Jeff, I want to get your thoughts on this and th- this is jumping ahead, but I just want to get some preliminary, some preliminary thoughts from you. Um, Jacoby Brissett's doing well this season. You know, we talked on the last podcast about how, you know, he's he's really auditioning to, you know, to get a starting gig next season. Yep. Um, what what type, you know, if he plays pretty much the way he's played for the remainder of his starting, uh, you know, starting uh, opportunities this season, what what type of contract do you think he might be looking at? Whew. Well, I mean. Whatever, whatever he gets, first of all, um, he's going to owe to a lot of it to Kevin Stefanski for putting him in such a great position to succeed this year. Um, yeah. Because I think he's, I think he's rated right now top fifteen in the league, which means half the teams would be would be well served to replace their guy with him. Um, so 
the demand for him ought to be fairly high um, as a free agent. So I, I would think that he's probably going to get at least a three-year deal from somebody based on what he's done this year. And that, that's crazy if you think about where he was coming into this year. You know, that, that he, he really had a, a, a very up-and-down track record. Um, so yeah. knowing how quarterback-starved the league is, um, somebody's going to give him a chance. I, I, just, I think it's very interesting because he's been very efficient. He's put up a lot of yards. Um, he's pretty much taking care of the football. You know, he, you know, he had the game against New England, but other than that, he's, you know, he's thrown some late interceptions. He, he hasn't been, he hasn't been as bad with the football as what the the stats look like. I would say. Um, but let me put it this way: If you're Carolina, or somebody who really doesn't have their quarterback right now. Okay. You know you can bring in a Jacoby Brissett at at a pretty favorable deal, I think. I mean, he's not going to command $25, 30000000 million a year as a starter. No, you know, he, no, no, yeah, no. that's kind of what I'm looking for is what kind of number do you guys think that is? Million, I, I think he's an 8 to $10 million guy. Uh, I, I think if he was coming in as a backup, potentially, yeah, you're at that, that number. I think probably someone's going to be willing to pay him more, though, based on what he's done this year. So it might be... It might be ten to fifteen million a year for three years. That's Somebody kind of what I'm looking desperate. For. Because what what would it be worth to you guys to have Jacoby Brissett in Cleveland as your backup to come out on the field anytime you had a third or fourth and one? <laughs> I'm serious. I am totally so, serious. Not that I don't trust Deshaun Watson this year, <laughs> but to know that you're going to pick that up and also yeah. to have him as your backup. Yeah. Um, you know, what would the cutoff be and what would that number be? You know, would it be would you be willing to pay eight million a season for three years to have him here on your bench to back yeah. up Watson? I mean, we paid Case Keenum that kind of money, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, and I agree. If he gets a big number, you're not going to match it. Right. Well, and I, th- I think what we're going to find is, and I, I say this sincerely, I just think history shows this, and I don't think it's going to be any different. Is Deshaun Watson makes uh, really bad decisions uh, sometimes. Uh, we got a lot. We get a lot of Houston coverage down here, of course, uh, and uh, you know Deshaun Watson's always been a three to one, two and a half to one touchdown to interception ratio you know mm-hmm. uh he throws a lot he makes a lot of really poor decisions uh and a little bit of a gunslinger you're saying oh yeah well you compare that to the year that baker had two years ago it's nowhere in that league okay he's 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 not been there yet uh but he's capable but he just makes poor decisions. Uh, it's one of those, uh, having coached for a long time, one thing I can tell you is the really athletic guys, occasionally you just got to say, dude, you're not quite as good as you think you are. You know, chill out. You know, just dump the ball off to Nick Chubb right there. You know, uh, take the hot route. Take the take the dump off. Um 
uh, you know, uh, just right now, just looking up uh, his numbers just to make sure I was right. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's about three to one. He's about three yeah, to one. Yeah. He's 36. He's, he's a little, little under three to one, uh, which is, you know, yeah, it's, yeah, it's okay. It's uh, not bad. Yeah. I don't know that it's 250 million. Okay. But it's okay. Well. Uh, He's got to come in there and make good decisions, you know, is what it comes down to. Uh, Jacoby Brissett, for the most part this year, has just made good decisions, you know. Yeah. Uh, and that's what I love about the guy, not to mention, I really just like the way he came in, not trying to be uh, the king of the team. Uh, mm-hmm. It's like, hey, I'm just one of the, I'm one piece and one one cog in the wheel, uh, and uh, so Jacoby has real value in that regard, and I think a lot of people are going to find that attractive, you know. Yeah, well, that's going to be interesting. I think, um, you know, if it's if it's me, you know, as the GM of the Browns, if if I can get him back for. Uh, for a reasonable price, and I know that the Browns are going to be struggling with cap space. You know, I want him back, but um, I also know it's probably not going to happen. Yeah, I, I, it's going to be tough. Yeah, yeah. It probably is because he's probably going to command more than that. And honestly, good for Jacoby because uh, yeah, because I, I like what he's done. He he seems like a great guy, and and uh, you know if he can start next season, you know, good for him. So yeah, um, yep. agreed. Yeah. Browns made a couple moves. I'm not. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this. One. Then we'll get to our get to our uh, predictions for the game against the Dolphins. But they they signed uh, center Jordan Meredith and they they released uh, Brock Hoffman, center who's been on the practice squad most of the season. I don't know if he um, was he activated for a game, guys, or something. It seemed like he played a little bit, maybe. Uh, I don't remember that. I can't remember. I I could be wrong there. Uh, maybe not. Yeah, I don't um, remember that either, but that could just be, you know, a little distant over here, and I'm not sure. Yeah, I, I might be making a whole thing up, guys. Who knows? Anyway, <laughs> also, uh, uh, they signed wide receiver Cyril Grayson. Um, they released cornerback Herb Miller, which um, mm. it, I'm not going to make a huge deal out of it, but it kind of surprised me a little bit. I thought Herb Miller was pretty good, you know, in training camp, and he's been with the team you know, in the past. So I was kind of a little bit surprised that they would let the depth go there. Um, But I guess they're, I guess they're looking for more wide receiver, even though they got some wide receivers on the, on the practice squad who, who um, really haven't had a chance to play yet. Um, Mm -hmm. uh, Cyril Grayson, um, 5'9", 183, Jeff. Um, Wow. Little guy. So uh, the bigger kick returner. No, I don't know. I, I don't know a lot about him. Um, I, I looked at all I had to uh, had to look hard just to find his height and weight. So slot slot guy, really yeah. really really quick uh, slot guy. But I, other than that, I don't know like you know where he's at real speed wise, and what the Browns are still lacking. I mean, still lacking. They've been lacking is true speed at wide receiver. You know. Uh, yeah. yeah. They just don't have it, and man, they need it. Uh, they've needed it for four years. If they would have had it, uh, you know, if you would have taken uh, one of those guys from Kansas City uh, two years ago uh, and just swapped them over to the Browns, 
Mm-hmm. I think, you know, Browns might have won the Super Bowl. You know, uh, just having real speed at a wide receiver. I mean, Jarvis is a great possession receiver, but we've even seen, you know, put Jarvis on another team where they don't necessarily just worship him. Uh, and I love Jarvis, don't get me wrong, but he's a he's, he's a good average possession receiver, you know. Uh, and uh, I mean, at this point in his career, you know, in the last couple of years, uh, they need, man, if the Browns could find some speed at wide receiver, just that guy that can go, uh, it would change everything. Now, I don't know how fast is DPJ. Is, is um, when he fun? doesn't have a, yeah, when he doesn't have a torn ACL, he's pretty fast. Yeah, I mean, but he ain't really a burner, is he? He never was. No, really a he's pretty no, fast. I, I mean, he's fast, no. but yeah, I don't think he's. I wouldn't call him fast. Him. League, no. Yeah, that's my point. Is man, man, they got to go find some speed. They need that one cat that can just blow the top off. You know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And uh, if they had that on the other side, like right now, of Amari Cooper, Amari Cooper's an absolute superstar. He's not in the middle of the pack, you know, Uh, because then you got command respect over the top. Uh, But uh, they just haven't had that, and they haven't had it, like, you know, during this run. They've never been able to find that that cat that can just flat out blow the top off. and. that's that's a shame. Maybe this serial cat's really fast, and if all they need is a fast guy that can get behind people, and that would really help their passing game, man. I think um, you're right, Stacy. We've been talking about that for years. You know, a guy who can take yeah. the top off a of defense, and and I don't. I'm going to say that I I don't think the wide receiver room will look the same next year. I think Andrew Barry's going to have to do some more work in that room, and he's got yeah. to get Deshaun Watson another weapon. Yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right on the money. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, we we just haven't, uh, you know, we haven't seen anything out of Anthony Schwartz this season. Um, you know, I mean, they they signed, um, you know, they signed Cyril uh, Rogers, and they've they've got like Mike Harley on the practice squad who looked really good in in the, in the preseason games. The guy's been activated. You know, I mean, Mike, Michael Woods just caught his first pass of, of the season. He's been injured, but, you know, he, right. I think he had one target, caught one pass. I mean, I I don't know yeah. what they want, what they're doing at wide receiver. Um, yeah, I don't either. I really don't know what they're doing. Uh, and, uh, you know, they've run schemes. They're, they've run a fast man scheme on the offside, okay? They've run that for a long time. But the guy, if that guy is covered up, if he ain't really open, if he's just kind of open, then it don't work for you. You can't run a fast, you know, you can't run a fast man scheme on the opposite side of your main guy if he ain't truly fast because he don't need to be doubled. Uh, if you if that guy, they need that cat over there that demands over-the-top coverage. Uh, and until they get that, you're going to have a bunch of really good receivers like Amari Cooper or Jarvis Landry or whoever. Uh, and they're going to be just sufficiently good. And they're going to flash at times. Uh, but without 
stop that guy that can take the top off, they end up with double coverage. You know, uh, they end up with with somebody creeping up on them, and they just haven't had that. And that's been a hole. I think we've all seen it for a long time, but uh, uh, it'd be interesting to see. I think you're right about the wide receiver room next year for sure. Because let's don't forget what Sean Watson had. Uh, I mean, you throw DeAndre Hopkins uh, on any team, and uh, your uh-huh. quarterback rating goes up 10 points. That's where. <laughs> and the, the Brownsmen have been getting by with, uh, I say getting by, I don't mean, I don't mean, uh, yeah. You know any offense, but they've been game by with with Amari Cooper, DPJ, and 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 a little bit of of uh, of David Bell. I mean, that's pretty much it—a wide receiver. Yeah. Uh, you know, and and the rest of these guys are out there occasionally, but but that's it. So so there's definitely yeah. you would feel there's room for somebody else to have a presence at wide receiver, and and I don't feel like they even know who else they want out there right now. No, so. I agree. I agree. Yeah, I think they're searching. Well, obviously they're they're signing they're signing guys named Cyril. So <laughs> they're, Cyril, they're yeah, I mean, yeah, and, and no offense to him. I mean, I you know I hope he comes in and does well. But um, you know, I don't know the status of, of uh, Dalen Baldwin. Um, you know, um, if Michael Woods is going to get a better shot. Um, you know, and then um, trying to think. Uh, uh, Weston, I, th- I think he um, he might be IR for the season. I'm not sure. But, yeah. um, they have other guys on the roster. I just don't know if they're going to get a real shot or not. It might yeah. just be kind of a uh, reboot at the end of the season. You know, the thing is, is when you look at the offense, the guys that are getting attempts are catching them. That's true. You know, yeah. Cooper, DPJ, uh, David Bell hasn't had much, but most of that, you know, those – opportunities have gone to David and Joko at tight end. So where they've thrown the ball, the guys have caught it. There just aren't a lot of pass attempts. And they don't don't need a lot more under Jacoby. Yeah, they don't need a lot more wide receiver. You think they're preparing for well how many how many opportunities is another guy going to get is my point, right? Especially if we're running the ball a lot. Doesn't this come back to the point I was making earlier that you don't have to come in here and change the makeup of the team. What we got to find a way to do is occasionally take the top off. Now, look, the Browns have had a couple games this year where they seemed to, you know, where Cooper was able to break away. Okay. But I mean, overall, that's not going to be the case with Amari Cooper. Okay, he's just, I mean, without somebody on the other side balancing that out with some real speed, he's just not going to be the guy that takes the lid off all the time. Okay, he's a good, fast guy and, you know, very good receiver. But they need that balance. But more than anything, that's kind of the point I was making earlier, is that's who we are. You know, it's it's who the Browns are. And... And they just need to concentrate on being really good at who the hell they are. Uh, uh, And, you know, you pop those, you know, 20 completions a game and combine that with about uh, 200 yards rushing. And next thing you know, you're in, you're in business, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Play some. Yeah. There's there's a reason. That's it. There's a reason that Nick Chubb has 10 touchdowns and Jacoby Brissett has what? Five throwing, maybe six. Yeah. I mean, I that, that's, that's, six or that's seven. our personality. Yeah. That's our personality, yeah. right? Yeah, Jacoby's on pace for, I think, 15 touchdowns, and Nick's on pace for, like, 20 or 21. Right, and that's, that's upside and down that's in fine. NFL. 
That's fine. But, yeah. Let's be honest. It hadn't been our offense. Right. No, that's true. Right. That's absolutely We're true. About three and five because of our offense. That's true. I mean, let's be honest. You know, I mean, it's hard to say because we we love the flash of our defense, but when we just get right down to it, the honest to God truth is the defense got to be better. You know, that's yep. just where we're at. You know. Yeah. So. Yep. Question is, how will the defense play? Um, what do we expect out of this game? So let's uh, let's get some some quick thoughts and a score prediction. And Stacy, the uh, the guests are pretty much undefeated at this point through the season against <laughs> Jeff and I. So uh, so no pressure whatsoever on you because you're probably either going to win this or or come out at least with a tie. But let's let's get a, a score prediction and anything else you want to add in there is fine too. Okay, I'm going to I'm going to give you my quick analysis here which is uh I think they will I'm I'm I'm, I'm depending on uh uh the right people playing in the right positions uh and you know JOK is a big part of that but uh even without I'm 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 going to say that they are able to hold uh uh Miami uh to 24 points uh, and I'm going to say that Nick Chubb rushes for two touchdowns, Kareem Hunt gets one, and we kick two field goals. Uh, so, you know, a little quick math here. I'm going to say 27-24 uh, Browns win, and I think it, it is a good matchup for them. I think the fact that they they uh, run the ball, uh, Miami ain't going to like that. Uh, hopefully yeah. the Browns can, how's the weather been up there? Hopefully it's been a little warmer, uh, cause they're getting ready to be in warm conditions. Uh, but I'm going to go with 27, 24 Browns. Okay. I did not give the over under over under is 48. So Stacy, you're taking the over, uh, Browns are a four point dog in this one, which we like. So, so that's fine. Um, Jeff, your, your, uh, score prediction and any thoughts on this game yeah i'm pretty close there um i I believe for the browns to win this game it's got to be less than 30 points um on both sides i think you know you saw the last couple weeks when you get into a gunfight with the dolphins and you know let them put a bunch of points on the board so i'm gonna say the browns are gonna win this one 28 27 it's going to be really close. It might come down to a two-point conversion that's going to win this game for us. Um, but I, I need to be at the over, so I'm going to I'm going to just get past it. Well, no, that, that gets me well past it. But um, fifty-five. So yeah, I, this one's going to be a, a point or two, I think. But twenty-eight, twenty-seven. Okay. I'm going to go a little bigger. I'm going to go uh, Browns 31 to 20. I think uh, I think the Browns do give up a couple of touchdown passes to to Tua, but I think they pretty much stuff the Dolphins' run. Um, Dolphins get a couple couple of touchdown passes. One of them will be pretty long, and and the other uh, scores will be a couple field goals. But Browns score four touchdowns and a field goal in this game, and and I think. <laughs> I think our friend Nick Chubb's probably going to have three touchdowns. 
in this game. Um, I just think the Browns are going to be able to run well in this game, uh, pass when they need to. And I think the offense is going to set the tone and the defense is going to perform the way they need to in holding the Dolphins to, to around 20, which is what they're, which is what they're supposed to do. So that's so we're all taking the over. Oh yes. Right. I'm taking the over in this game. Yeah, definitely. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> which, which probably means fellas go bet the under. <laughs> bet right. the under. It's going to be a six to three game. That's right. You know exactly how this works, Trey. Yeah, that, that's exactly how it works for us. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I think this this week will really answer some questions about our defense. You know, was was the game yeah. against Cincinnati an anomaly, or is that really what we're capable of? Mm-hmm. I agree. I agree because it's in some ways it's a similar matchup. Yeah, mm-hmm. they can bring that same. Uh, Raw State rivalry energy that they had last week. They got to find a way to capture that. You know how great teams yeah. do that. Uh, yeah. Seemed like the Browns to me played. I said at the very beginning of the game, they had a whole different energy. Uh, yeah, um, and, uh, they got to find a way to to bring that energy. Uh, we've seen some flat performances this year, particularly out of the defense. Um, we got to find a way to bring that energy. And if they do, I think we're, we're all going to be real happy. I think so. All right. Uh, Stacy, we appreciate you coming on. It's been great talking to you. And everybody can follow you at the WTT. And, um, We'll take that as, as your your final thoughts. Is there anything else you'd like to leave everybody with? No, I'd just like to say, hey, uh, thank you guys. Love you, and uh, everybody be kind to each other. That sounds great. Um, Jeff, any closing thoughts? Go Browns. Get the win. Excellent. This has been the Browns Blitz, and we will catch you next time. Yeah.